You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 148 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. With me again, the Akman himself, Evron. How you doing, sir? Doing all right. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, yeah, I guess we, we we don't really have any like sound effects for for this. We're rec- we're recording on another national holiday here in the United States, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, it's a national holiday here, so which means that people are off of work, spending time with loved ones, um, basketball all day for any NBA fans. <laughs> Nick's played today. No spoilers here because it's not related to the uh, the Besiktas Nick's prophecy, but the Knicks won today, so I'm having a nice day off post Derby, and we'll talk about that obviously. How about yourself? You enjoying your Martin Luther? We don't, you know, for Christmas we had all the uh, the bells, and for New Year's you have the the, the song. There's not really like a Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, sound effect, is there? You could play like the "I Have a Dream" speech or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that feels. <laughs> that's like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're co-opting something, and I'm not trying to be that guy. Um, but anyway, ha- definitely like respect to the dude. <laughs> I guess right. Uh, he's he's uh, he was a good guy for sure. Um, yeah, ha- are you are you having a nice day off today, everyone? You're off of school already anyway, right? So. Yeah, I graduated, so. Um, nice. If I would, did not graduate, I would have to go back up to school today, but I am done, so. Nice. Congrats. Um, but so, yeah, we obviously have to talk about the huge derby that we played this last weekend. Um, a home match against Galatasaray. Uh, can't stress the importance of this enough. I mean, Evron, tell us about what things were looking like heading into the match, you know, in the standings and all that, but, uh, elsewhere in the league, but that, uh, going into the match. But then also, additionally, there there were some interesting records, right? Like, Galatasaray hasn't scored in the Vodafone Park in a while, is that right? Yeah, the last player to score for them in Vodafone Park uh, was Bruma. <laughs> you remember that, when he dribbled through, like, seven guys? That was a terrible, I mean, great yeah, goal, but high terrible. High 2-2 that game. Um, and they have not beaten us in Vodafone Park ever. And then go, dating back to, like, the internet, I don't know, they haven't beaten us for a while. Basically, the last time they beat us was at the, uh, the Ataturk Stadium when we didn't have a stadium. The last time they beat us while we were the hosts. Nice. So. Um, so, yeah, quite a record on the line there. But so then beyond that... Um, 
what was the significance of this match? You know, uh, obviously two teams <laughs> atop the Super League, but uh, tell us more. Yeah, so we have or had um, a slight lead at the top of the table. Um, you know, head on head of Fenerbahce on you know with goal difference and head to head. Um, so you know we were playing the team right below them, Gala, who's just. Uh, two points behind us. So obviously if we lost um, We would have conceivably dropped To third a tie, you know, we might drop to second um, Only a win would see us, you know, keep that that narrow perch at the top um, So going into the game Gazantip won You know the outsiders <laughs> um, And by narrow perch you mean that like even if Fener wins we're still in first Yeah, we're still in first but by Goal difference. Right. And head to head, right? I think so, head to head yeah. counts, right? Head to head technically doesn't count till the end of the season, but um, yeah, but we're ahead in both counts. So Antep was one, so they were just a point behind us going into the game. Uh, obviously, we had a game in hand. Um, a little bit further down, Hatai also won. Um, so they were just four points behind us. Yeah. Fresh off their draw with us, so they. Yeah, They're building and Alanya, uh, I think they had a, a bye. So now that we're, Alanya will be equal games played with us finally, having, you know, had that extra game played for a long time. So that was the uh, the surroundings. And Fenerbahce played the, the day after the derby. Right, we'll, we'll talk about that in the standings section of the, uh, the old podcast. But so, yeah, I mean... The sirens in the background, I'm going to leave them there, because um, I have a feeling we're going to hear a lot of that tonight. Um, yeah, Besiktas was, I mean, for any fans, like, these are the games you live for. We're, we're in in the title hunt here, uh, in with a chance, up against a, a, a huge rival who's also right behind us, nipping at our heels, can, can pass us with the win. And this is what it's all about as a fan, and obviously it's also... Um, about as stressful as it gets and um, you know all of the the negativity you know from among some was boiling over right before the match I mean there there was a lot of action going into this one for, for us fans but um, yeah I mean I guess let's talk about the roster the, the lineup how that how we had we roll out and I guess tell us a bit about Galatasaray too since it's a big match uh-huh. yeah so I mean for us uh there was two faces that had not been in the squad for a while that were finally back to the league squad. Gekonte returned for the first time. And then Lajic returned to the squad for the first time. Uh, because of his arrival, uh, Hasic was dropped out of the matchday squad. Um, but for the 11 itself, um, this was pretty much set in stone from like a few days before from like all the predictions. Just the one question mark was in the central midfield so no surprises uh Erickson and goal rosier and ridvan at the fullbacks montero took the spot of wellington um so we finally got to see that vita montero tandem again and just as a reminder for anyone who may have forgotten wellington was out due to suspension yeah yellow card accumulation a, right yep picked up his fourth yellow of the season um the midfield trio um you know at the base was joseph Tiba, and then you know the the, the toss up between 
they said Mensa, Ozan, and Nejib went to Ozan. Um, so I think that's a more balanced midfield than we've seen sometimes with the three defensive mids. I was personally happy with that. And then the the front three was as And also, I'll note, so, for, for anyone in like the Ozan versus Mensa debate, um, I don't think anything's like written in stone. You know, I think, like Montero is an example of a guy who, it was only like three or four weeks ago where I was kind of, saying to myself, ah, you know, this poor guy came here and looks like it's not going to work out for him and uh, this will this will go down as kind of a, a lost year for him and probably won't look good on the old resume, right? But here we are, I think, with a very different mindset as far as he goes now. So things can change, obviously, for Mensa, but regardless of that, Ozan, despite perhaps the last match, is coming into this on pretty good form, right? He created was it three goals yeah yeah uh, he had like that one week stretch where he contributed three goals and three appearances um but as i was saying the front three was gazal laren and abubakar um, that's kind of like the uh the go-to front three when everyone's fit apparently um and then for the guys at gala they went for a slightly reserved 11 compared to their normally what they normally play, uh, Giagne was up top. Uh, obviously, Falcao still hurt. Um, Arda and Old John were on the wings. Uh, uh, main change here was Atebo came in um, as Your a boy. central midfielder. Yeah, my boy, the one I wanted to like loan in in the summer. Um, so he's more of like a deep lying six, but they already had a deep lying six with on Thailon, so they played two of them. Um, and then they had Yunez Belhanda also uh, in there. And then the back four was Sarachi, Marcalo, Yundama, Shener, and then Okan was in goal. Um, for me, I guess the one surprise was they dropped Emre Akbaba, um for a more defensive formation, you know, a signal of intent perhaps. And then, uh, you know, Old John getting the minutes over Emre Kilinch, but I guess, uh, you know, they played Emre in the cup. They've decided, you know, Old John, who I was quite happy to see as getting 11, is. I personally am, I guess, a, a big hater of him, you could say. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say there were any surprises, and I think for Galatasaray fans, they'll say they were down a few men or something like that. But really, who were they down? Um, obviously, Musleta, but that's been the case for something like, what is it, a year plus? I Ever? think Musler is just back in training. He got hurt. I think it was just like when we re came back from um, the pandemic, I believe. Like when we started playing again. Don't feel like almost a year. I guess. Yeah, it was like a, yeah, a solid, you know, seven, eight months. Um, Falcao would just got hurt, and then. And I was gonna say yeah, and the other guy being Falcao, who. And they're right. It's not back like you can ever bank on Falcao being. Uh, there for you at least not at this stage of his career and, and during his whole tenure with Galatasaray so that's nothing they also new, lost really. their right back from the, the fireworks incident for the rest of the season yeah so um, it was like the three absences and then Feguli wasn't fit but he was on the bench so um, and they had a pretty decent um, replacement for the right back in the way of Chenet but uh, yeah I don't know um, I, I don't I don't think they have a huge claim to to being like down and out in that regard 
I mean, at least we could probably then argue that, like, Liaich counts as, like, an out... as a guy that's been missing. <laughs> if you're gonna count, like, Falcao or, or Musleta. Um... But, yeah, um... Beyond that, no real surprises, right? On either side. No, the only one I was surprised was, uh... That, you know, the Atebo... Just, you know, that more defensive midfield setup. Um... And then, um... Old John getting... You know, the start over players clearly more talented than him. So that was, <clears throat> yeah, and and perhaps uh, a nice like the only nice surprise in the lineup for us. I mean, besides perhaps Ozan, um, is is that he picked Montero. Uh, obviously, he's coming off a great match. We, we were calling him man of the match, in fact, um, in in the previous match. But uh, you know, some might have expected Nedjip, like in, especially because it's a derby, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone, not anyone, but I don't think too many people actually want to see Nedjip, but we No, no, yeah, don't get me wrong. Used yeah. to seeing Nedjip in, in some derbies, so. Exactly. Uh, that's why it's a pleasant surprise. Um, but yeah, let's, let's dive in. Um, right from the get-go, I think we can say Besiktas looked good, right? We were, we were hungry, and I, and I think it showed... Early, uh, we spent much of the match in their side of the pitch. Um, you know, obviously, like it's one thing to do that, and another thing to actually put the ball, the goal, the, put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, and we've shown that that's not, you know, we 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 can hold the ball plenty. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be able to score. Uh, and I think that also proved to be the case early as well. Uh, you, do you have any notes on the early proceedings of the match? Yeah, I mean there was higher energy than i think we've seen for most of these you know pandemic games um especially if you remember the last time we played gala was uh the first game without fans that we played and how low energy that was yeah nil nil um, so right this was, yeah this was a uh i mean the caginess was there but the you know the the energy was you know resembled the derby um, yeah in a way i think we're all starting to get used to like not having fans like it, I was watching an NBA game, and I remember seeing a guy do a specific move, and I, I literally substituted in my own mind the sound of the crowd doing the, <gasps> like that, you know, the like whoa move, and and I didn't even register that it did hadn't happened in reality. I had a funny moment with that today, but um, yeah, we're getting used to it, and I think the players must be as well. Um, the, from I mean, it's a very superficial way of looking at it, but. Based on social media output, it really does feel like these guys um, have a sense for the fans, right? And for trying to interact with fans, despite the lack of them in the, in the stands, obviously. Um, and a sense for like the import of a match like this, of derbies, you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you notice any all the, all the, the social media chatter? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it helps that Sarah get himself played in the derbies. Um. Seems like to get the players like genuinely them. hyped up for every single one, um, in a good way. Um, yeah, so. yeah. Um, but so yeah, the only real um, things of note to happen were a yellow card for Arda Turan. Probably could have been a red card in the 13th minute. Um, I yeah. watched on B in USA, and, and luckily we had um, the kind of premier match. Uh, commentators so uh, there was a fellow 
he sounded like sounded pretty straight up British, but you were mentioning he might be South African actually. Um, but yeah, good commentator generally speaking. Um, very, uh, and I'm saying this because he was very complimentary of Besiktas <laughs> throughout the match. Um, but yeah, you know, he, he obviously gave pretty good analysis as well. And he pointed out straight away upon reflection, like as we saw a couple replays of the, the yellow card that Artica got, that it very easily should have been a red card. And if they had reviewed it, if they'd taken it to VAR, he probably would have been removed from the match for that. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a wild one. It was like, from first viewing, it was like, oh, maybe he pulled his legs out um, from like a weird angle that was shown on like the TV. Um, but when you see the replay, he very clearly connected with studs up quite yeah, high on Joe's Yeah, he pulls them like up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I think he pulls away after he kicks him or something. It was like so. It was kind of hard to see in lifetime, but once you see like from the proper angle, um, he yeah. very clearly just cleated him. Um, it was one. He w cleated him with one foot instead of two feet. So you know, I guess you know he didn't necessarily do like the worst ever tackle, but we've seen a lot of red cards for that in the past. So. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised they didn't take it to VAR, or that the VAR booth didn't like call in during the during the next option play. Um, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. Um, 22nd minute, Valentin Rosier would get himself a yellow card. Um, I thought it was probably deserved. Do you remember it? I, I was very mad about it. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was a foul, but. Uh... Like he got oh, a piece of I the didn't. Ball. Oh, yeah, he missed. Didn't he actually not even really make contact on that foul? Yeah, it was like he got a piece of the ball, and then afterwards he like touched the guy, but it wasn't like really that bad of a tackle. And then the guy just like went down like he was murdered, um, which yeah. was a trend. You know? Yeah, that's certainly a trend. Thirty-fourth uh, minute, old John Chalayan uh, got himself another yellow card, pleasantly for us in that regard. Um, 39th minute, Martin Linish would enter the game for Schenner. Uh, Schenner got injured? Yeah, I don't really remember what happened. I think it was some sort of muscular injury. Uh, yeah, some sort of a groin thing, it seemed, right? Yeah. Um, in the, at the half, we'd go in nil-nil, and it would be sort of a frustrating nil-nil. Like, no real big chances to speak of. Um, Gazal no, had a shot true. from distance. We had one big chance in that first half. Which one? Laren. Oh my gosh, the Laren was that in the first half? I thought that might have been. That was in the first second. half, yeah. Oh my god, the Laren yeah. chance. Um, and you know what's so funny about it? It was like a perfect part two from last week's match. Um, without yeah. the, the payoff. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like the Riza game when a uh, back. I'm sorry, pass. not last week. Yeah, Riza. God, with, with these uh, yeah. two weeks, you forget. It's like, what was that, two weeks? Yeah, so week two league games ago. Yeah, something like that. So, um, he, you know, he Barcal just kind of like wasn't looking. tries to play a back pass to the keeper. Um, but Laren is, is the one chasing onto the ball. So he's through on goal. Um, slight angle. Like, he slightly, like, shifted to the right of the goal. And he tries to place it, like, into the top corner. Um, the ball may have taken a bobble. It did. It did. But um, because he tried to shoot in the top corner and that bobble, he just like he just shot it way higher. And, yeah, um, kind of clipped the ball way above the goal. I was really upset and uh, like, come on, Laren! And um, obviously, I remember I was chat. like, Bailey, man! <laughs> I know, come on, man! Where's the insurance plan? 
Um, yeah, I won't give any spoilers away. But uh, yeah, but beyond that, like the group chat was on fire, you know, really cursing him out and all that. And um, through through that, the the South African announcer actually brought attention to the fact that it definitely took a little bobble. Um, and I don't know what the, what like we we generally have a pretty good pitch. I don't know what I mean, happened there. Snowing, so yeah, there was snow all over the place, uh, which I thought they, we were ha- we'd handled pretty well. Maybe I, I wondered if we had a uh, a heater under there or something. Honestly, yeah, there's but, there's a heater under the pitch. Like I think I'm not sure if it's like like pipes or something, whatever it is. But yeah, they heat the from under the ground. And then the day before the game, they had like lamps on the field to nice. extra heat it up. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked okay, honestly. But yeah, it definitely took a little bounce right before he made contact, which is a, sh- a pity because it would have been lovely uh, for the family man to start the scoring off for us there, obviously. And, and as tends to happen, right? Once once a goal is scored, the whole thing opens up typically. So that would have been really nice. Um, but instead, we go in to halftime nil-nil. Um, beyond that, like I was saying earlier, Gazal had a shot from distance. Um Rosier had a shot. That was in the second half. The Rosier shot. Oh, that was the uh, the one touch sort of bobble. Gazal had a header in the first half. Gazal had a header as well. Um, but so yeah, nothing, nothing came of it. Even though we yeah, probably just that dominated one, that possession. one big chance. Yeah, we must have dominated possession there, and I think we all felt pretty good about everything, um, despite I mean, having not scored. I don't think uh, the the refereeing display in that first half was. Nothing short of abysmal. Um, yeah, as you'd honest, expect. But... You know, we're, that's always the case. It feels like. Um, but so we go into second half. No subs made. Probably no surprises. I think like uh, yeah, maybe surprises on their end. But they've already made one sub due to injury. So uh, that's probably handicapped Fatih Tedem a little bit. But anyway, um, I think right around the beginning of the second half is when that Valentin Ozier chance that he sort of had to stretch out for and skewed left. Yeah, for me, the best chance of that start starting period was um, Abubakar played Laren through on goal. And then uh, Laren was tripped right outside the box. Like, yeah, and they didn't give us trying to run the right? ball. And then they just said, you know, nothing happened. Keep going. Um, it looked like Laren was about to lose it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he was through on goal. Um, I'm not saying like he was, you know, guaranteed goal because we saw him miss one before, but you know, another huge chance to, you know, him one on one with the keeper, and um, yeah, it was just taken away from us. So, yeah, um, not that we have anyone on free kicks that's like, you know, a deadlock or anything, but still, you know, it's a great opportunity they've been ro- that we've been robbed of. Um, too bad. Yeah, no that would have been, been a great. Imagine, imagine we put Liyech on, and he comes out and sends and <laughs> scores. From, <coughs> anyway, that guy subs himself on in sneakers. Yeah, there you go. Uh, instead, there's actually no call at all. But um, then a call is made, uh, and it's a call that, frankly, had they not made, would have been criminal. Fifty-eighth uh, minute. Uh, none other than Mbaye Diagne, the uh, the only striker they've really got. Besides, I guess, Old John, who's playing on the wing for them, uh, and Falcao, who is perpetually injured um, and expensive. Uh, Mbaye Diagne does 
something foolish. I think you could only really describe it as. Uh, again, I hand it over to you, everyone. Talk yeah, about the, so uh, the face scrubbing heard around the world. So, I mean, if you were watching, like, all of us on TV, because there were no fans in the stands, um, the camera wasn't showing anything, and then all of a sudden, like, they were showing a replay, and they just showed the game, and Montero was, like, wriggling on the floor, like, squirming, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Um, and Giagna sent off, and, uh, you know, we get to watch the replay, so it's like a throw-in, um, and Giagna, like, backs into uh, Vita, um, the ball bounces over their head, so Giagna tries to, like, turn, um, and, like, you know, like, read the bounce, but it's a li it's pretty high up, so he, uh, you know, the big man sticks his leg out, like, head height to try to get the ball, gets a toe on the ball, um, and then after that, cleats Montero's head. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, the man got sent off. Uh, I mean, obviously it wasn't like he jump kicked the guy on purpose, um, but you, you shouldn't, you know, when it's, the ball's at head height, the reason he used his foot is because he was way further from the ball. The ball is going to Montero, so he goes to head it. Um, and then instead, you know, he puts his cleats up to another man's face. Um, you know, I was thinking about it. I don't know if there's any situation where if the bottom of your foot is, is on someone's face, that you're not going to get in a bit of trouble. Because obviously when it's up that high, it's an obvious red card. But even if it's down low... Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some arguments that like he lowered his head, but like it was still at face level. No, it wasn't like yeah, he put his head point, down to his waist or something. No, it's it was, way more realistic that one would use yeah. their head for the ball at that height than yeah, he was supposed to head the ball like exactly on his forehead. Uh, but I just mean to say that like if the bottom of your shoe is on someone's face at any point, it's typically not a good situation. <laughs> so um, yeah, a guy gets red carded. Yeah, and the the tables are. I mean, I, I, you can't even say the tables have turned because we, we've, I think, thus far pretty much dominated this match, um, but not to the to effect, right? Yeah, I mean, at this, this point, Gala kind of just like, um, not at this moment, but you know, within the next sub break, um, you they have a clear shift in, in strategy with Jagnell off. It was before you know, let's keep it zero zero and maybe grab one to. Um, let's just hold on for the tie. That was kind of the uh, yeah. And immediately they're wasting time, time, kicking the yeah. ball around slowly before free kicks and whatnot. Um, Gazal would get a yellow card in the 64th minute. Soft, I thought perhaps maybe they're compensating for the red. Yeah, card. I mean Mar Marco was putting on a clinic um, in, in the swimming pool. <laughs> um, I mean the guy got the referee. I mean maybe on this one he actually was touched, but you know it was. He was touched on like the chin, and he you know grabs his face. Definitely not yellow cardable, I thought. Yeah, um, and I mean he did that multiple times in the game, and yeah, finally little, got the yellow card. That little B, um, but yeah, he uh, again probably a little compensation there, but Gazal gets the yellow card. 67th minute, some subs are made, and and I think with these subs, a bit of an intent is sort of ironed out here. You see Ozan leave the match for Nkudu. This is weird. And then um, Gazal leaves the match for Mensa, but clearly, <laughs> despite the weird uh, ordering of it, um, Mensa's going to the middle of the field and Nkudu's going to the wing, so I don't know. M maybe Google got that wrong, but... Um, I think that's just the order they, they put them on. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Um, but so, yeah, I think 
when you're bringing in Nkudu as a late sub, the idea is to uh, catch the defense off guard and, and use his pace and energy. Um, perhaps same thinking with Mensa. Unfortunately, I think though we may have both approved Ozan starting, we probably both agree that he this wasn't his finest match. Yeah, I mean, no surprise he was yanked. I mean, I don't think he was poor, but it was a little bit ghosty. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, you stole that himself. from me. Yeah, I yeah, said I that in the group chat. You did say that. Um, <laughs> it was like he didn't impose himself on the match. He didn't demand to get on the ball. When he did get on the ball, it was fine. Um, I think yeah, he had little one, one touches were He did precise. hit one really nice cross right before he got subbed off. I'm not sure if you remember that. Like, that went all the way to the back post. Um, it's just, we you know, had... he, he wasn't... Sorry, go ahead. He wasn't, you know... You know, you're number 10. Not to be cliche, but, you know, expect him, you know, lead the team, lead the charge, you know, break down the defense. He didn't do a lot of that, so... For sure. No, and he had... Uh, or I should say, Besiktas, we had... A number of spells um, in those first like 60, 65 minutes or whatever it is that uh, were impressive, where the the, the ball was pinging around um, in tight quarters, and uh, you know we were we were looking real good, uh, and I think he played a minor role in some of that. But all in all, yeah, he didn't really leave a giant impression on the match, except those little spells typically are what spell dominance and kind of allow you to believe that your team is dominating so i don't know maybe there was some psychological edge given there but uh 69th minute dunk and bobble the two ryan the two dutch ryans would enter the match um arda and Jonas belhanda leaving um and a bit of you know that that puts fear in you a little bit you know babble like it's kind of there's a bit of a narrative there what if babble scores against us um but it didn't really seem to impact the match much, honestly. I thought Besiktas still looked I mean, fairly dominant for the next yeah, 10 minutes a until... Clear change in shape in that substitution. Uh, that was like what I was referencing before. They went to a back five. They subbed out their number 10 um, for a center back. For another central defender, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donk, um, who played three different positions in this game, funny enough, when he came off the bench. And then Bobble was kind of like a pseudo-striker. Yeah, a wing strike. We remember when we uh, when we beat Olympiacos with a man down, we kind of sh- when Abubakar got sent off, we kind of shifted to Bobble up top. That was exactly why I was a little f- afraid of seeing him enter. Yeah, so I'm guessing Fatih Teren was trying to do something like that. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. Um, but um, yeah. But ten minutes later, uh, and ten minutes of fairly dominant Besiktas football later, uh, something would happen. 79th minute, Evran. Walk us through. Yeah, so the trio center backs were encamped in their own box, basically, you know. It was a lot of, you know, long balls, crosses, and they were, there are a lot of big guys in there. Leundama is, uh, let me check, is 6'3". Um, Donk is around the same height. Marcao is like 6'1 or something. So, you know, they were just heading everything out. And then finally, um, this one cross makes it through. It wasn't a perfect cross by Ridvan. It was... He put in a lot of like shallow crosses, like they weren't deep into the box, they were at the penalty spot. Um, and this one, like it bounced under, I would say Lewandowski's like lunging block um, and gets to Joseph right outside the penalty spot. Calm as you like, passes the ball. Literally, it's not a shot, it's literally just a pass. Yeah. Trickles the ball into the side netting. Um, the goalie was, I guess, expecting a, a rifled across goal. Um, he fell backwards. 
Ridwan Joseph was the calmest man on the field and put us up 1-0. I like that Ridwan gets credit with the assist here too. Because uh, I thought with it bouncing around a little, maybe he wouldn't. But lo and behold. Um... And so yeah, Galatasaray immediately subs subs in Emre Akbaba, who you thought might have started. Um, Emre Kilinc also enters the match. Um, Etebo leaving, as well as Oljan Chalayan. Uh, 87th minute after that, not really producing much for them. Uh, Dorukan would come into the match for Atiba. Gokan Tore would enter the match for Vincent Aboubakar. Um, was the chance that falls to Emre Akbaba before the event that occurs in the first minute of extra time or after? Um, no, it was after. That after. Was, it was like directly after. Okay, so let's talk about that then. So in the first minute of extra time, um, and I think we may have had another chance dropped to us before then. Yeah, there was, uh, Mensa was like breaking through. Um, and I think it was like a, it was like a two on one we had. Or a three, it was a three on two. So there's the two Gala defenders. Uh, there was Laren on the right, and I, I don't remember who was on the left, but Mensa's bursting through the middle. Yeah, and Mensa's um, pass sucked. And, and then, yeah, he, he just made the wrong decision again. Um, and then he laid it off too too far for Laren, and then the attack was gone. But, you know, he could have easily... Yeah, and he, the way he lays it off for Laren makes Laren kind of spray it out wide rather than yeah. keeping his run going forward where he would have probably been one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. Yeah, so I mean it was more of the same for Mensa. You know, good run, good dribble, and then wrong decision wasted, <laughs> or, or poor whatever, the, uh, poor finish. Um, but nonetheless, uh, in the first minute of extra time, something good would happen. Yeah, so another similar kind of break. Um, this time it goes to Gekon Terra on the wing. I think that was also from Mensa. Mm-hmm. Um, and Uncudu was like 80 yards offside, <laughs> calling for the ball. Um, Terry yeah, obliges. completely. I'm like, no, you idiot. <laughs> Terry obliges, tries to hit a, a Travella with the outside of his left. Um, Leon Dama gets a touch on it to block it, though. Um, and then Mr. Laren, um, on his wits again, senses, smells smells the opportunity, nips smells the ball off. Fear. Yeah, nips the ball off Leon Dama. And uh, through on goal. Is he going to shoot it? No, he, he slots it back for Onkudu to score a simple goal, 2-0. Um, yeah, and so the family man does, in fact, have an insurance plan, despite that first-half disappointment with the poor finish. Uh, yeah, really the perfect decision from him making uh, an easy goal. He could have passed to either guy. I think Mensa was coming down the right side, uh, and he chose well because Nkudu knew just what to do. Um, tucked it in the... Tucked it in well. Besiktas is gonna win. It seems pretty clear at this point. One minute of extra time. We're celebrating. Domagoj Vida is romantically um, embracing <laughs> Nkudu. There's yeah, a little... pinching... Uh, pinching his cheeks. cheeks yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. Like, glad to say, you, you know, they push as you'd expect. Two goals down. Garbage time. Um... Ersin comes in with a huge save, uh, at least in terms of goal differential, because that would actually that could come into play with with Fener playing the following day, which would be today, um, the day of our recording. Yeah, but um, former player Ryan Bobble actually contributed. Um, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. Situation so it's a long ball into the box. 
um, and I guess the Bishop's player shut off like a little bit. Um, his bobble kind of goes up a little bit uncontested at the top of the box. Um, nods it down to M. Rockbaba, who's in good space by like a slightly tough angle, and he, he just volleys this rocket, and Erickson just makes himself big, eats it off like the shoulder or something. And, and uh, um, just lovely celebratory gesturing <laughs> after uh, he and Javi Montero were having the time of their lives out there, <laughs> bonding. Um, yeah, I mean, this was one of those matches that had a lot of those sort of moments of um, joy uh, that actually kind of show off the team's camaraderie and uh, how it just looks like they're having fun out there playing together. Um, the game would end nine minutes into extra time, probably because of all the cele celebrating and all that. But yeah, um, also Junaid got hit with the ball and he like sat there for like a minute or two. So. Yeah, it's funny how that worked. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, just about as good as it gets as far as wins go. Uh, a, a derby win, two nil. Um, you know, final thoughts before you hit up the stats, everyone. I mean, it was it was an interesting derby. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. Like, you know, we didn't play amazing, but Gala didn't really come to play, um, and they were just the referee was giving them everything for the first 50 minutes. Um, there was you know there was two times where we finally got into some space at the top of their box, and our players were taken out, and it was ignored. Um, and then, you know, the way Gala was playing was cagey and just diving all over the place, wasting time. Um, just looking for the, the stupid 1-0 goal. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, you know, you know, we also forgot to mention the Atiba save uh, in the first half. Oh, he yeah, saved yeah. that thing off the line. Atiba did make that. Yeah, that, I mean, it might have hit the post. It was like it was hard to tell because it was like a curling volley. I, don't, I think it might have been on target, honestly. It's, it seemed yeah. like it on the replay. It was very close, but Atiba had obviously had to make the, the clearance. Um, so. Um, but so, yeah, Atiba had a great game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, that, that's a good segue, because I feel like as you start to mention the performance in general, I, I can think of a, a few pretty good standout performances, despite some stinkers, like... We obviously struggled to create for much of the match, but then again, like once we had a goal, things sort of changed. Our fortunes changed a bit. Um, but yeah, we had a few standout performances. Like Joseph and Atiba were solid in the center of our midfield. Um, but let, let's talk about stats. Tell me about some stats because you can probably inform us even better on that stuff. Yeah, I mean, so as like overall team stats, we had 59% possession for the game. Um, Love and we it. had pretty strong advantage with uh, chances. Um, our total XG was two. Um, Gala had one XG, but that basically all came in stoppage time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, when they threw the threw the I don't even know what you say, but uh, can't remember the, the term. But basically, they threw it all on the line, um, yeah. trying to score two goals in stoppage time, and they made that one or two chances. Um, but. We and maybe that the thing and, that Atiba saved off the line. From the yeah. Um, we touched the ball in their box 23 times. Uh, we touched the ball in our box 13 times. And other than that, for the game, there's a lot of individual stats to mention. I think Joseph had a, another good game. 9 out of 10 duels won. Got the game-winning goal. 
90% pass success, one chance created. It's not bad for your for your Got six. You'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, another guy, Mr. Laren, other than the fact that he, you know, he choked the only really good chance of the first half. He muffed outside the Outside of that, outside of that, Sitter. he was very active. Um, yeah, I, I don't think anyone could really make the argument that he didn't play really well. In fact, um, th- that announcer I've been talking about on being USA was really complimentary of, of him. And, like, the one note that I, I needed to report to the podcast was that he said he thought it was only a matter of time before a Premier League or La Liga side um, thought he might be worth spending a few, you know, a bit of money on just to test out for a fly- on a flyer. Uh, and obviously, a lot of us would be sad to see him go, but on the other hand, that's also kind of an ideal scenario, eh? Yeah, I think, I think I've think i I've said it, I think the time is, is right to sell him. If we can get some little bit of hype money added on him, because we're not in the position to be holding on to players when we need the money. Um, he's a foreigner. Um, he's at prime age. And, you know, it was like, you know, we were trying to get rid of him a year ago, so... <laughs> um, you know, if you get a good offer, it's hard to say no. But you know, statistically, in this game, he entered 20 duels. Um, and won 12 of them. He completed four dribbles, which is pretty good. Um, he defended pretty decently. He won five out of six headers. Um, and then yeah, he, he did miss that one big chance. But all in all, he was you know weighing on the defense from that wing striker position and you know Abubakar was kind of isolated up there kind of backing into Lulundama and Marcao he actually only touched the ball 32 times in the game um, compared to Laren's um, it's, it's that number 65 so Laren was the, the player you know playing off the fullbacks with that size advantage you know really getting into you know affecting the play more so yeah no I, I it, he to call this a standout sort of season for him is it's such an understatement at this point. He's really showing a side of his... E- even when he's not scoring goals, he's clearly having a positive impact on the team, stretching defenders, stretching defenses, rather. Um, yeah, like he pairs well with Abubakar, which is kind of problematic insofar as we, you know, we, we don't really want to be playing with two strikers given... We have some talent on the wings, and even as the number 10 in the way of Ljajic, which we'll have to talk about at some point here. But, um, yeah, let's let's talk. Any other stats? Like, like what about, like, Montero? Or on a defense? Like, I actually thought our back line was probably our strength in this match um, as a unit. Yeah, I mean, I mean Ridbon was pretty, like, unbothered. You know, he had to, to go with old John, who had pretty abysmal stats. Um, I think the center backs, uh, Montero and Vida had to do a little bit more defensive work. Uh, Montero won five out of eight duels, which I thought he had one of his best games. Um, yeah. I think last derby he also played in, funny enough. Um, but I thought he was like kind of just carried by Joseph in that game. But in this game, I think he really held his own. Um, yeah, he, he won he two, strung... three kicks. Both of these the two performances in a row now, he's strung together really well. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think now we have a bit of a debate on our hands as far as who who should play. You know, is it Wellington or Montero who should play next to Vida? Yeah. 
It's a good sure, problem I think to have, though. Vita also had a good game. Seven out of nine duels won. How about uh, our man down in 10? Any... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Vita had any, like, insane plays, but I think he was just pretty steady for most of it. Uh, Rosier wasn't, it wasn't, like, his best game. Um, wasn't bad either. I mean, I guess in the first half, he tried to get him sent off, which we didn't mention too much. Um, but he kind of was a little bit more quiet in the second half, but, um, you know, one fifty percent of his duels exactly. Um, decent passing percentage, seventy-six percent. Um, attempted five crosses. He wasn't like you know hammering balls and a couple dribbles as usual. But other than those, like I guess those scary fouls where he wasn't actually touching people and people were going down, he was okay overall. Yeah, his passing wasn't like he wasn't as instrumental in the buildup as we might have liked. But I think they were kind of teams in general are kind of starting to zero in on him, trying to minimize him, which is which is good. Cause yeah, it, it requires it's kind of like takes the Quaresma effect a little bit. Yeah, I remember like when I mean, they yeah, they tried sure. to try like every time Quaresma would foul someone, um, because he had that reputation, they would like whether or not he kicked them or not, you know, they would go down like he was kicked. I think Rosie was getting that same treatment where they want him to get off the field. Sure. But I also mean that, that teams are having to emphasize defending his side more now because they know he's capable of contributing. Yeah, I mean, so you, you can helpful. see the right side with Gazon Rosie has always doubled up, like every exactly. single time they have an extra man there because we play with basically just one winger, and then yeah. that's why Laren always has so much space. Exactly, which has side. been useful. Um, but so yeah, I mean, geez, like in wrapping up. Our analysis of this match, I guess we have to do the obvious and pick a man of the match, but I think we have a bunch of guys we could theoretically choose from here. Who do you have? I mean, I think it has to be Joseph, but... Yeah, probably. Um, and if, if I had to pick someone else... And... Yeah, no, I, if I had to pick someone else, I'd probably go with Montero. Um, obviously, I think Laren gets a shout-out as we're talking about. His, his performance was really solid. Um, Atiba gets an honorable mention as well. Um, and, you know, Ridvan and, and Vida also, but yeah, I, I really think. Yeah, I think it's Mon hard not to give it to Joseph. Not yeah, I think Joseph has so to get solid yeah. from yeah. minute zero to ninety defensively, and yeah. then he came up big. So you know that like that was the that like won us the game. The goal, yeah. I mean, we, that's, we just that's really what goal. seals it. No, but if I have to pick someone else, I'd probably pick Montero. Like in addition, obviously, the first pick would be Joseph for sure. Um. Yeah, Montero or Atiba. Atiba was also, you know, that, the 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 one thing you can say about both Vida and Atiba's performances is that they were very vital as far as their experience in matches like this and being able to dictate tempo and kind of rile up the, their lines respectively. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just a great match. I think you know there are a lot of things we could highlight, honestly, beyond what we have, but. No, I mean, are we missing any individual performances? Any no, subs come in and make so. an impact that we should really talk about? I mean, I think we talked about Mensa Onkudu. I mean, he scored. <laughs> he did score, but I don't. I don't think he was. At best, he was as effective as Gezol, but I think he was probably slightly less effective. In that, there was only a sm small period of time. I think he came in the 67th minute. 
yeah. and then we scored 12 minutes later. So I'd say in that 12 minute period when we were, you know, again, you know, pushing for that goal, I don't think you could say he was better than Gezo. Um, but then once we scored the goal, obviously when the, the space opens up, he's, you know, he's, he's much faster than Gezo and he's able to get on the end of those tap-ins. In general, our gameplay isn't getting in behind on the counter and scoring a tap, and it's you know breaking down the defense that's that's parking it. So. Yeah, and it was fun to see Galatasaray play like they were afraid of us. Um, you know, they had the best defense going into this match in the whole league, and we had the best attack. Um, and you'd think that we would be on sort of equal footing, but they obviously were afraid of us from the outset. They played like it anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, just a huge three points. Uh, you can't stress enough how big these, these games are. And Sergan's record now in, in these derbies is something to really write home about. Obviously, uh, we hope for continued success. But, I mean, wow. What, what can you say? Um, as we start to approach the end of the first half of the season, and we're not quite there yet. Uh, we still have two more matches before we're officially there. But what, I mean... How much better could it be going, honestly? I mean, obviously, we've dropped some silly points as well, but it's been that's a, a That's a great segue into some stats, um, talking about could it be better. Um, if you're looking at overall XG um, compared to our opponents, overall chances created, um, we're, we're doing a little bit too good. Um, <laughs> It's a slight worry. I think out of the top four teams, we have the biggest overperformance in terms of goals to XG. Um, tw 35 goals scored versus 27.8 XG. Um, Fenerbahce has, has a slight overperformance. And then obviously they just brought in Ozil, so we'll see how that affects anything. Gala has a slight underperformance. Um, and then Alanya is a pretty, pretty solid underperformance. Um, I, you know, mentioning, as you mentioned, Mesut Uzil, uh, we should probably say, yes, it's coming to Fenner. It's like 99% already done. He's even putting up yellow and blue hearts on Twitter and stuff. But um, it reminds me a little bit of when we got Shinji Kagawa and, and perhaps a slightly lesser so uh, Boateng in that their best player at the moment is probably Pelkas. Um, and so now they've created a redundancy on, for him in the same way that Lijic was someone who we were, if not, if he wasn't our best performer, he had the capacity to be in someone who we were expecting quite a bit of. Uh, and so we kept bringing in more number 10s on top of the guy who was supposed to be our number 10, who we were all kind of waiting to blossom and hoping would blossom and even develop perhaps. Um, and yeah, just, you know, I, I get... I, yeah, I'm reminiscent of that when I think of how they're adding Uzil on top of probably their top performer this season who's already in that position. So we'll see what that does for them. Obviously, he could have a positive contrib contribution, as did Kagawa for, for that point. Remember, he came in and scored three goals. And, um, but in the end of the day, uh, Kagawa did not take us to the promised land. And hopefully, neither will mess with Uzil <laughs> for them. Um, Let's talk standings. Do you want to make? Do you want to make a? I have any notes? I got more stats. We're talking expected points. Um, this is the 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 third stat that kind of to be cautiously optimistic. Our expected points right now is 33, 32.9, um, which is just under Gala. 
Um, Alanya actually has the expected points of 34, and then Fener has the expected points of 35. So basically over like the first half of the season that we've played, um, I don't think this is consistent trend with maybe the last four or five games, but over the last 20 or so games, our individuals have, like Laren and Abubakar have finished quite well. Gezal has assisted quite well. We've been quite efficient. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, even more stats I can bring up. Let me get these. Well, and you can even make the argument that despite the sort of big picture that you're mentioning, um, there are individuals who have sort of underperformed in that regard. Like Abubakar is probably ripe for more goals than he's produced. So I think... Yeah, he's about even. Um, Laren has, is the biggest over-performer in terms of XG, which is another reason I wanted to sell him. But in terms of team stats, again, um, like shots on target per match, which is, doesn't necessarily mean everything, but, you know... We're the sixth best team in the league in that um, big chances created. We're the fifth best team. Um, is all the thing. Big chances missed. We're very low in that. You know, we only missed 21 big chances while Fener and Gala missed 33 and 34. So, you know, our players have been putting the ball in the back of the net at a greater efficiency. Well, and this is where stats can fail folks, um, which is not to say that they're not a general a good reference tool generally and even these these more modern advanced stats even more so probably but um what you can't quantify statistically are things like camaraderie and form um and so you know like what we are bringing to the table and what's probably um got us where we are thus far are, th are those kinds of unquantifiable things that you can only hope get maintained um it's why i think you have to be real careful in the transfer window um Beware of egos. You know, you really don't want to mess up this kind of X factor that, that's existed for us thus far. Um, which doesn't mean you don't sell a Laren, for example, if like a huge offer comes in. But at the same time, I think you, you're, you're weary uh, of, of doing too much. Because, um, you know, the ship is floating along. And obviously things can go wrong, but that's always the case. Even, you know, you could, you could spend a ton of money and bring in a really expensive guy like Falcao, and then dude could end up being injured for the rest of the season. So, yeah. like, nothing's for sure, and uh, Bechenosh will have to remain prudent. I still think the best course of action is probably to um, first focus on getting rid of the, the fringe guys who, who we're paying and can't even play for us. I think you're probably on board with that, right, everyone? Yeah, I think everyone should be on board with that. I mean, it's Minus just we're zero. just throwing money in the garbage, essentially, it's... They're just like, I don't even think Lens is in the country, so. Well, and what fortifies this, and what we haven't yet talked about, Evron, and I'll let you talk a bit here, is let's talk about the standings. And a huge part of why I think we have a little flexibility is because of what's happening with the standings. Uh, let's talk about it with Evron. And we can mention yeah, so what happened with Fenner today as well. Fenner got a 3-1 win today over the mighty Ankuriguji, so, um, they maintain um, basically nothing changed between us. We're still equal on points. Goal difference has been unchanged. Um, so we won by two goals. They won by two goals, but they did concede an extra goal. Um, worth so worth mentioning is that Ankara Guju's in the pits. They're tied. Yeah, um, Mighty was was sarcastic there. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. The bottom, so. Just clarifying for the uh, for those who <laughs> don't know. But yeah, exactly. Um, so what else yeah, is happening? So. I think we, I went over it kind of briefly beforehand, but just a quick recap where 
the top, uh, well, I'll divide into a top six, and that's what, that's what, like, the eight-point gap, are all on the same games played, so very simple. Us and Fenner have 38 points, and third place is Gazante, four points behind. Fourth place is Gala, five points behind us, and then a little bit of a, a jump is Hatai, seven points behind, and Alanya, eight points behind. So yeah. Those are the... That game that they had in hand finally bit them in the butt. Um, but so, yeah, and right behind Alanya, and this is actually a perfect segue, is the former kings, I think we can now say, of Istanbul. Having, they've lost the Galatas today recently. Um, Fatih Karagumruk is in seventh place uh, on 27 points. Still a fantastic season for them all in all thus far. But, yeah, we're going to be facing them. Uh, this coming Thursday, January 21st. For those of you on the East Coast of the United States, beware. 8 a.m. Set your alarms, folks. <laughs> this is the real deal. This is a breakfast match. Um, and a big one, obviously. You know, Fatih Karagumruk has brought in a lot of talent. They're mostly still settling yeah. since they've mostly just been brought in in the last couple weeks. But uh, they do have a lot of talent, and it can all come together. You never know. Obviously, coming up against a side that's in first place and with a profile like ours tends to motivate guys. Um, you got any words on Fatih Karagumruk? They're a very interesting team. Um, with If you've watched some you know, international football or domestic football, you'll definitely recognize these names on the team. Um, I think that, that midfield is definitely the most interesting part of their team. I think up top, they're a little weak. Um, so that's hopefully, you know, they're not able to counter as, a, as effectively. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a team that's going to sit back a little bit. Um, Do then, not forget the Rocco. <laughs> yeah, the, the Rocco. <laughs> He's, uh, um, he might be suspended, actually. He's been getting a lot of red cards lately. Yeah, the, the, he was suspended last game. I'm not sure if he's back um, for the for the upcoming game. But more like the Rojo. <laughs> I get it. Uh, a little a little uh, Spanish, like eighth grade <laughs> Spanish humor. Um, um, yeah, but it should be an interesting game. Um, just you know, Badu and Di and Biglia is probably the best central mid tandem outside of like the traditional teams outside we expect us. to be in the top five. Um, you know, Bashakshir plus the big four. I guess you know you that that midfield tandem is is quite good. You know, you could have easily seen a tandem like that on Trob Zone or something, and you would not have been like, "Well, what is that?" Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, there are times in Fenner and Galatasaray's. I mean, Fenner could probably be doing that right now, given the the geriatricos they're paying right now. Whatever. Um, <laughs> let's. So yeah, obviously stay tuned for that um, huge match again Thursday 8 a.m. folks. So uh, stand your toes. This is not typical. Um, but yeah, let's briefly before we tune out. There's some news that I think we have to mention. Um, last week we already alluded to Mandzukic going to Milan. Probably I think that's basically official now, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, he was he was like he like off the plane. I'm not sure if they like officially unveiled him, but he's in Milan and everything. So. But there is some news, and I think uh, for those of you who are on board for saving money and not dishing out for um, Fenner style geriatricos, um, we're keep we're, you know, the perhaps the biggest transfer of the window thus far uh, since Mesut Ozil is um, not. 
here yet. Um, could theoretically be the return of uh, Drumroll. Who's coming back, maybe, everyone? Who's coming back? What do you Who's mean? actually hasn't left, but may actually be staying Oh, oh. Are you referring to uh, Mr. Tyler Boyd, or? Oh, I damn the edge. <laughs> oh, Lyage. Oh, God. <laughs> That was a confusing lead-up. Sorry, right? yeah, that was that was a little big. I was like, what transfer are we talking about? Uh, yeah, so I guess Lyage is potentially not leaving this winter. Um, Sarigan has is back to saying good things about him. We still don't know what happened. Um, but it looks like he's back in the mix. And uh, I think there was one other news that you didn't mention was that Bilal Jalan is one media, being Sports, reported as done. But then another media said that, like that the the transfer fee hasn't been agreed yet. Yeah, Eske Shahir wanted so a little more. It was it was like three fifty k last at last yeah, support. Like so, um, so not bad. We mentioned him mentioned him like two weeks ago, I think, as a transfer that we were interested in. I'm the seventeen year old, and um, it's one you know to keep your eye on that it might still happen this window. Not guaranteed, but it looks that looks like the closest we've been to signing a player so far. So. And it fits a need. Uh, we need a backup right back, obviously. Um, and a young Turk who has already been playing regularly for a professional side. Uh, and a respectable side in the way of Eskice. Uh Could be welcome. Regularly. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, is there anything else? I think that might be about it, huh? Yeah, unfortunately there has been nobody offloaded yet from the, from the reserve squad, so yet is the news um yeah keep, stay tuned of course uh, it seems like we haven't really shifted into um transfer mode yet as a club but i think that could be around the corner um you know having just come off the derby i think we were really focused on the derby uh and now there might be a shift uh we shall see stay tuned follow uh Beshiktash international as always to um to get the latest at Beshiktash underscore INT for all the latest. Uh, follow the podcast. Uh, you know what? Just you know how to do it. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm I'm cutting this this section out for I'm I'm cutting it short. Um, you can find it in the description of the podcast wherever you find this podcast. We are all over the place as far as I know. Um, but so yeah all that information's there. You can find us on Twitter even if you just type in the Black Eagles podcast. It'll probably come up. Uh, for those waiting for the donation uh, raffle thing, bit of a technical hiccup. Um, first, like, Kartal and I, the guy who has the shirt, each had coronavirus and couldn't film. And then my laptop with the camera pooped out, died. So um, I'm order I've ordered a camera for my desktop. We're going to record a little video with, with the, the shirts. People, you can see what you'll win in the, in the raffle. So fear not. We're not running away with your money. Um, we will be back, but of course, let's wrap the sucker up. Yeah, stay tuned for more. Huge stretch of the season incoming, as we said. Fatih Karagumruk is coming Thursday. Um, beyond that, uh, this coming weekend match, I guess we should we might as well mention as well. Uh, we're going to be back home against Kuzetepe, uh, who will um, visit us on Sunday, January 24th. That'll be back to the old 11 a.m. here on the East Coast. So, uh, but yeah, do please remember Thursday, 8 a.m. We This is our first 8 a.m. match of the season. Um, I've sort of mo gently mocked 
Fenner and others for not being in the primetime slot and making their gringo fans have to wake up that early. But so here, we, it's our turn, unfortunately. But so yeah, set your alarm clocks, and as always, go Patrick Tuck! Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.